Part One, Chapter Thirteen of the Idiot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. Part One, Chapter Thirteen. The prince was very nervous as he reached the outer door, but he did his best to encourage himself with the reflection that the worst thing that could happen to him would be that he would not be received, or perhaps received, then laughed at for coming. But there was another question which terrified him considerably, and that was, what was he going to do when he did get in? and to this question he could fashion no satisfactory reply. If only he could find an opportunity of coming close up to Nastasia Filipovna, and saying to her, Don't ruin yourself by marrying this man. He does not love you, he loves only your money. He told me so himself, and so did Aglaya Ivanovna, and I have come on purpose to warn you. But even that did not seem quite a legitimate or practicable thing to do. Then again there was another delicate question to which he could not find an answer. Dared not, in fact, think of it, but at the very idea of which he trembled and blushed. However, in spite of all his fears and heart-quakings, he went in and asked for Nastasia Filipovna. Nastasia occupied a medium-sized but distinctly tasteful flat, beautifully furnished and arranged. At one period of these five years of Petersburg life, Totsky had certainly not spared his expenditure upon her. He had calculated upon her eventual love, and tried to tempt her with a lavish outlay upon comforts and luxuries knowing too well how easily the heart accustoms itself to comforts, and how difficult it is to tear oneself away from luxuries which have become habitual, and little by little indispensable. Nastasia did not reject all this, she even loved her comforts and luxuries, but strangely enough never became in the least degree dependent upon them and always gave the impression that she could do just as well without them. In fact, she went so far as to inform Totsky on several occasions that such was the case, which the latter gentleman considered a very unpleasant communication indeed. But of late Totsky had observed many strange and original features and characteristics in Nastasia which he had neither known nor reckoned upon in former times, and some of these fascinated him, even now, in spite of the fact that all his old calculations with regard to her were long ago cast to the winds. A maid opened the door for the prince. Nastasia's servants were all females, and to his surprise received his request to announce him to her mistress without any astonishment neither his dirty boots nor his wide-brimmed hat nor his sleeveless cloak nor his evident confusion of manner produced the least impression upon her 
she helped him off with his cloak and begged him to wait a moment in the ante-room while she announced him the company assembled at nastasia philipovna's consisted of none but her most intimate friends and formed a very small party in comparison with her usual gatherings on this anniversary in the first place there were present totsky and general yapanchin they were both highly amiable but both appeared to be labouring under a half-hidden feeling of anxiety as to the result of nastasia's deliberations with regard to gania which result was to be made public this evening then of course there was gania who was by no means so amiable as his elders but stood apart gloomy and miserable and silent he had determined not to bring varia with him but nastasia had not even asked after her though no sooner had he arrived than she reminded him of the episode between himself and the prince the general who had heard nothing of it before began to listen with some interest while gania dryly but with perfect candour went through the whole history including the fact of his apology to the prince he finished by declaring that the prince was a most extraordinary man and goodness knows why he had been considered an idiot hitherto for he was very far from being one nastasia listened to all this with great interest but the conversation soon turned to ragozhin and his visit and this theme proved of the greatest attraction to both totsky and the general ptitsin was able to afford some particulars as to rogozhin's conduct since the afternoon he declared that he had been busy finding money for the latter ever since and up to nine o'clock rogozhin having declared that he must absolutely have a hundred thousand roubles by the evening he added that rogozhin was drunk of course but that he thought the money would be forthcoming for the excited and intoxicated rapture of the fellow impelled him to give any interest or premium that was asked of him and there were several others engaged in beating up the money also all this news was received by the company with somewhat gloomy interest nastasia was silent and would not say what she thought about it gania was equally uncommunicative the general seemed the most anxious of all and decidedly uneasy the present of pearls which he had prepared with so much joy in the morning had been accepted but coldly and nastasia had smiled rather disagreeably as she took it from him Ferdishenko was the only person present in good spirits. Totsky himself, who had the reputation of being a capital talker, and was usually the life and soul of these entertainments, was as silent as any on this occasion, and sat in a state of, for him, most uncommon perturbation. The rest of the guests—an old tutor or schoolmaster, goodness knows why invited, a young man very timid and shy and silent a rather loud woman of about forty apparently an actress and a very pretty well-dressed german lady who hardly said a word all the evening 
not only had no gift for enlivening the proceedings but hardly knew what to say for themselves when addressed under these circumstances the arrival of the prince came almost as a godsend the announcement of his name gave rise to some surprise and to some smiles especially when it became evident from nastasia's astonished look that she had not thought of inviting him but her astonishment once over nastasia showed such satisfaction that all prepared to greet the prince with cordial smiles of welcome of course remarked general epanchin he does this out of pure innocence it's a little dangerous perhaps to encourage this sort of freedom but it is rather a good thing that he has arrived just at this moment he may enliven us a little with his originalities especially as he asked himself said ferdishenko what's that got to do with it asked the general who loathed ferdishenko why he must pay toll for his entrance explained the latter hm. prince muishkin is not ferdishenko said the general impatiently this worthy gentleman could never quite reconcile himself to the idea of meeting ferdishenko in society and on an equal footing oh general spare ferdishenko replied the other smiling i have special privileges what do you mean by special privileges once before i had the honour of stating them to the company i will repeat the explanation to-day for your excellency's benefit you see excellency all the world is witty and clever except myself i am neither as a kind of compensation i am allowed to tell the truth for it is a well-known fact that only stupid people tell the truth added to this i am a spiteful man just because i am not clever if i am offended or injured i bear it quite patiently until the man injuring me meets with some misfortune then i remember and take my revenge i return the injury sevenfold as ivan petrovitch ptitsin says of course he never does so himself excellency no doubt you recall krylov's fable the lion and the ass well now that's you and i that fable was written precisely for us <clears throat> you seem to be talking nonsense again ferdishenko growled the general what is the matter excellency i know how to keep my place when i said just now that we you and i were the lion and the ass of krylov's fable of course it is understood that i take the role of the ass your excellency is the lion of which the fable remarks a mighty lion terror of the woods was shorn of his great prowess by old age and i your excellency am the ass i am of your opinion on that last point said ivan fyodorovitch with ill-concealed irritation all this was no doubt extremely coarse and moreover it was premeditated 
but after all ferdishenko had persuaded everyone to accept him as a buffoon if i am admitted and tolerated here he had said one day it is simply because i talk in this way how can anyone possibly receive such a man as i am i quite understand now could i a ferdishenko be allowed to sit shoulder to shoulder with a clever man like afanasy ivanovitch there is one explanation only one i am given the position because it is so entirely inconceivable but these vulgarities seemed to please nastasia filipovna although too often they were both rude and offensive those who wished to go to her house were forced to put up with ferdishenko possibly the latter was not mistaken in imagining that he was received simply in order to annoy totsky who disliked him extremely gania also was often made the butt of the jester's sarcasms who used this method of keeping in nastasia filipovna's good graces the prince will begin by singing us a fashionable ditty remarked ferdishenko and looked at the mistress of the house to see what she would say i don't think so ferdishenko please be quiet answered nastasia filipovna dryly ah if he is to be under special patronage i withdraw my claws but nastasia filipovna had now risen and advanced to meet the prince i was so sorry to have forgotten to ask you to come when i saw you she said and i am delighted to be able to thank you personally now and to express my pleasure at your resolution so saying she gazed into his eyes longing to see whether she could make any guess as to the explanation of his motive in coming to her house the prince would very likely have made some reply to her kind words but he was so dazzled by her appearance that he could not speak nastasia noticed this with satisfaction she was in full dress this evening and her appearance was certainly calculated to impress all beholders she took his hand and led him towards her other guests but just before they reached the drawing-room door the prince stopped her and hurriedly and in great agitation whispered to her you are altogether perfection even your pallor and thinness are perfect one could not wish you otherwise i did so wish to come and see you i forgive me please don't apologize said nastasia laughing you spoil the whole originality of the thing i think what they say about you must be true that you are so original so you think me perfection do you yes hmm well you may be a good reader of riddles but you are wrong there at all events i'll remind you of this to-night nastasia introduced the prince to her guests to most of whom he was already known totsky immediately made some amiable remark all seemed to brighten up at once and the conversation became general nastasia made the prince sit down next to herself 
dear me there's nothing so very curious about the prince dropping in after all remarked ferdishenko it's quite a clear case said the hitherto silent gania i have watched the prince almost all day ever since the moment when he first saw nastasia filipovna's portrait at general yepanchin's i remember thinking at the time what i am now pretty sure of and what i may say in passing the prince confessed to myself gania said all this perfectly seriously and without the slightest appearance of joking indeed he seemed strangely gloomy i did not confess anything to you said the prince blushing i only answered your question bravo that's frank at any rate shouted ferdishenko and there was general laughter oh prince prince i should never have thought it of you said general yepanchin and i imagined you a philosopher oh you silent fellows judging from the fact that the prince blushed at this innocent joke like a young girl i should think that he must as an honourable man harbour the noblest intentions said the old toothless schoolmaster most unexpectedly he had not so much as opened his mouth before this remark provoked general mirth and the old fellow himself laughed loudest of the lot but ended with a stupendous fit of coughing nastasia filipovna who loved originality and drollery of all kinds was apparently very fond of this old man and rang the bell for more tea to stop his coughing it was now half past ten o'clock gentlemen wouldn't you like a little champagne now she asked i have it all ready it will cheer us up do now no ceremony this invitation to drink couched as it was in such informal terms came very strangely from nastasia filipovna her usual entertainments were not quite like this there was more style about them however the wine was not refused each guest took a glass excepting gania who drank nothing it was extremely difficult to account for nastasia's strange condition of mind which became more evident each moment and which none could avoid noticing she took her glass and vowed she would empty it three times that evening she was hysterical and laughed aloud every other minute with no apparent reason the next moment relapsing into gloom and thoughtfulness some of her guests suspected that she must be ill but concluded at last that she was expecting something for she continued to look at her watch impatiently and unceasingly she was most absent and strange you seem to be a little feverish to-night said the actress yes i feel quite ill i have been obliged to put on this shawl i feel so cold replied nastasia she had certainly grown very pale and every now and then she tried to suppress a trembling in her limbs had we not better allow our hostess to retire 
asked Totsky of the general. Not at all, gentlemen, not at all. Your presence is absolutely necessary to me tonight, said Nastasia significantly. As most of those present were aware that this evening a certain very important decision was to be taken, these words of Nastasia Filipovna's appeared to be fraught with much hidden interest. The general and Totsky exchanged looks. Gania fidgeted convulsively in his chair. "'Let's play at some game,' suggested the actress. "'I know a new and most delightful game,' added Ferdishenko. "'What is it?' asked the actress. "'Well, when we tried it we were a party of people like this, for instance, and somebody proposed that each of us, without leaving his place at the table, should relate something about himself. It had to be something that he really and honestly considered the very worst action he had ever committed in his life. But he was to be honest. That was the chief point. He wasn't to be allowed to lie. "'What an extraordinary idea!' said the general. "'That's the beauty of it, general.' "'It's a funny notion.' said Totsky, and yet quite natural, it's only a new way of boasting. Perhaps that is just what was so fascinating about it. Why, it would be a game to cry over, not to laugh at, said the actress. Did it succeed? asked Nastasia Filipovna. Come, let's try it, let's try it. We really are not quite so jolly as we might be. Let's try it. We may like it. It's original at all events." "'Yes,' said Ferdishenko. "'It's a good idea. Come along. The men begin. Of course no one need tell a story if he prefers to be disobliging. We must draw lots. Throw your slips of paper, gentlemen, into this hat, and the prince shall draw for turns. It's a very simple game. All you have to do is to tell the story of the worst action of your life. It's as simple as anything. I'll prompt anyone who forgets the rules." No one liked the idea much. Some smiled, some frowned, some objected, but faintly, not wishing to oppose Nastasia's wishes for this new idea seemed to be rather well received by her. She was still in an excited, hysterical state, laughing convulsively at nothing and everything. Her eyes were blazing, and her cheeks showed two bright red spots against the white. The melancholy appearance of some of her guests seemed to add to her sarcastic humour and perhaps the very cynicism and cruelty of the game proposed by Ferdishenko pleased her. At all events she was attracted by the idea, and gradually her guests came round to her side. The thing was original, at least, and might turn out to be amusing. "'And supposing it's something that one, one can't speak about before ladies?' asked the timid and silent young man. Why, then, of course, you won't say anything about it. As if there are not plenty of sins to your score without the need of those," said Ferdishenko. 
but i really don't know which of my actions is the worst said the lively actress ladies are exempted if they like and how are you to know that one isn't lying and if one lies the whole point of the game is lost said gania oh but think how delightful to hear how one's friends lie besides you needn't be afraid gania everybody knows what your worst action is without the need of any lying on your part only think gentlemen and ferdishenko here grew quite enthusiastic only think with what eyes we shall observe one another to-morrow after our tales have been told but surely this is a joke nastasia philipovna asked totsky you don't really mean us to play this game whoever is afraid of wolves had better not go into the wood said nastasia smiling but pardon me mr ferdishenko is it possible to make a game out of this kind of thing persisted totsky growing more and more uneasy i assure you it can't be a success and why not why the last time i simply told straight off about how i stole three roubles perhaps so but it is hardly possible that you told it so that it seemed like truth or so that you were believed and as gavrila ardalionovitch has said the least suggestion of a falsehood takes all point out of the game it seems to me that sincerity on the other hand is only possible if combined with a kind of bad taste that would be utterly out of place here how subtle you are afanasy ivanovitch you astonish me cried ferdishenko you will remark gentlemen that in saying that i could not recount the story of my theft so as to be believed afanasy ivanovitch has very ingeniously implied that i am not capable of thieving it would have been bad taste to say so openly and all the time he is probably firmly convinced in his own mind that i am very well capable of it but now gentlemen to business put in your slips ladies and gentlemen is yours in mr totsky so then we are all ready now prince draw please the prince silently put his hand into the hat and drew the names ferdishenko was first then ptitsin then the general totsky next his own fifth then gania and so on the ladies did not draw oh dear oh dear cried ferdishenko i did so hope the prince would come out first and then the general well gentlemen i suppose i must set a good example what vexes me much is that i am such an insignificant creature that it matters nothing to anybody whether i have done bad actions or not besides which am i to choose it's an embarras de richesse shall i tell how i became a thief on one occasion only to convince afanasy ivanovitch that it is possible to steal without being a thief do go on ferdishenko and don't make unnecessary preface or you'll never finish said nastasia philipovna 
all observed how irritable and cross she had become since her last burst of laughter but none the less obstinately did she stick to her absurd whim about this new game totsky sat looking miserable enough the general lingered over his champagne and seemed to be thinking of some story for the time when his turn should come End of Part One, Chapter Thirteen. Recording by Martin Geeson in Hazelmere, Surrey.